So I think we need to reevaluate our friendship again. This is like the worst show I've ever seen. It's like the fourth time you've said that. And we still haven't reevaluated our friendship. In four weeks. In four weeks. Yes, it's a really bad show. It is. Why are you making me do this? I warned you copious times that this was not going to be a good time. For like 13 weeks, we were going to have an awful time. Yeah, but you also were... And you didn't believe me. You didn't listen to me. Listen, you were the one who was saying like, oh, you know what? The Spock's brain is the worst thing in the world. And it was fine. So I figured you were just had to be exaggerating. This makes season three look wonderful. I will say that I think that you are probably accurate, but at least the first season is a show on the upswing as opposed to the third season, which was a huge letdown. Yeah, but it just... It's so much less shitty than what we're watching. I understand. It just keeps going and going, and it, it, it feels like it's never going to end. Kind of like having sex with a woman, or at least I imagine what that feels like or seems like. Well, they take um, hours to get to the end of sex. You right. Know? Yeah, to, to the end of sex. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Well, you know, it's... I, I don't know that I would agree with you that the first season of The Next Generation is as bad as the third season of the original series, because the episodes I don't find boring really and maybe that's just me speaking as a trekkie because i can see things in the episodes that interest me even though (laughs) you know these are objectively not very good episodes of television so in other words you could find something interesting in the stilted terraforming lecture then well we can talk about (laughs) that but i quite like home soil actually so Ah. I have okay. some problems with it, but I like it. Um, but let's talk about when the bow breaks because this one had no hope. This was this was genuinely awful. I think this is probably one of the worst hours of television I've ever seen. It's one of the worst hours of Star Trek. It's uh, and, and really the problem with the episode is, is is twofold. Number one, again, it really impa- it, it, it impinges on us caring about characters that we've never seen before, um, which in point of fact are bad child actors. Yeah, I think they were kind of going on the well. Look, she's so adorable that you know, look at this little moppet type of thing, which doesn't work on me. It well, yeah, it doesn't work on me either. I mean, you you, you have to be a really good child actor for me to care about you, and these are demonstrably not great child actors. I mean, I even think that. Um, uh, 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 Will Wheaton was uh, perhaps uh, acting worse in this episode to compensate. I was going to say he it was it was like Wesley's what was finest acting hour? I have to say, what was with that weird like quiet baby voice he was doing? Like I don't get that. Like was that a deliberate acting choice? Was he directed to do that? Was he just hit on the head? I don't know. Uh, we look, don't know. I just don't like the idea of a society of kids with you know Wesley as the leader. He is the tallest. So I think that's where that's coming from. And he also has the power sweater. Yes, he does have that power so sweater. So those he's, are two things. And, and also, that fucking power sweater. Also, he's in charge of the custodian, which, you know, never really goes anywhere. It, um, th- this was about six di- – they couldn't figure out what this episode was about, and they really couldn't figure out what the next one was. But, yeah, that that's – the computer goes nowhere in this episode. It has – it's about – Four different things at once. It's about this computer. It's about this dome. It's about their desire for childhood. It's about like, and it's a goddamn mess is yeah. what it is. Yeah. It, no, it is a mess. I mean, I think the funny thing about this episode really is that it, it again, like as we've said in previous episodes, in previous episodes of Trek about this could have been a good episode. Like, well, we've seen this as a good episode. Hell, I like the apple better than this one. It's pretty much the same thing. I mean, honestly, like when Star Trek gets involved with children, it's just never great. Sci-fi and, in general. I mean, isn't that one of those 
cute kids and robots is not a great idea. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if you if you think back to like, for example, uh, when the children shall lead, which was awful. Uh, Miri, but then again, Miri was awesome. Well, Miri was okay. I mean, I don't th- I don't think that Miri was like a great episode, but I think, I think it's... we I feel like we said it was one of the first really good episodes. Yeah, and it was. They weren't trying to make the kids lovable. They well, they, were that's... making the kids creepy and. It worked very well. They well, have, that's, yeah. that's the thing. That Miri was letting the children be people, and, and in this, they're props. And that's not a great way to get you to care about them, and it's not a great way to set up your, your, your script. There's also the fact that the girl playing Miri was much better than any of the kids in this episode. So, I mean, she's supposed to be likable in that, and she is fine. You know, it's... Yeah, it's 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 generally I mean, when the bow breaks suffers from first season problems, it's it's very underwritten. We don't know anything about all day, really, except that it's some sort of mythical planet that nobody really knows if it exists or not, like Atlantis, which. OK, I guess. I mean, why? All right. Um, we find out that Riker apparently has a thing for mysteries, which. OK, fine. Um, the, the, the characters... Even though the mysteries that we've seen so far on this show He's not really ma- he's not the one who's made the Sherlock Holmes riffs or he's not the one who wanted to go into the uh Sam Spade hollow deck. So I mean, well, I, I, mean I don't know why Riker is suddenly he, the mystery guy. He could be interested in them and just not very good at solving them. I mean, that's possible. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I like reading mystery novels, but I wouldn't say that I'm like, yes, the person did it on page 2. Like, no, I'm not that kind of person. Uh, the Aldeans are, are problematic, and I think we can... Okay, there's a couple things here. So we have to talk about the Aldeans, we have to talk about the children, and we have to talk about the custodians. So which one would you like to talk about first? Uh, I'll take the fruit plate. Um, <laughs> This is... You know, I think the fact that we're picking from a laundry list, it really does seem like they just grabbed a few elements at random from a box of flashcards. They said, okay, this is going to be the Utopia episode, and we're going to have a crazy computer, and we're going to have, you know crew is missing and we're gonna you know like it's just all of the every single element in this episode is a riff on a cliche star trek bit that you know some of which we've seen done very well some have seen we you know we've seen done poorly but they're all done so shallowly here so i mean let's talk about this utopia this is supposed to be so the main theme of this the the Aldeans is supposed to be that utopia is unsustainable. It's, right. It's its own downfall. And so they're not – one of the things they're not sure about is whether it's the computer that's causing this radiation poisoning or this dome or whether it's the ozone layer. And here's a really ham-fisted, you know, ladies' environmental riff. Um, I, I literally cracked up when they said, well, this is just like Earth in the late 20th century. And I'm like, oh, God. 21st just... century, actually. Oh, uh, well, you know. Oh, so so it was pressure. Which is also hilarious because the ozone hole has closed. I was going to say – it's not All an right. issue anymore, right? It was kind of self-healing, I think they figured. As far as I know, yeah. Now, global warming is another problem entirely, but, you know, we're, we're not going to get into that because we're Maybe not a we need politics to show. put a couple holes in, holes in the ozone layer to let the warming out of there. I don't, I don't think know it how works the like that. atmosphere works or if it even does. Please don't try and fix it. Okay. So, in other words, the big hairspray off of 2013 is not happening anymore. So, please return your hairspray. Was it the computer or the dome that caused this radiation poisoning? Because I thought it was the dome the entire time, and then at the end when they're looking at the computer core, they're like, oh, such a... And that would have been a very interesting, ironic thing. They have this computer running the society, 
and it's literally giving them cancer. Well, here's here's the implication that I got from the yeah. Aldeans and the Custodian, which is the computer that was running their planet. So the Aldeans were very artistic and very utopian. They didn't have a military. They didn't like to fight. I mean, this was not explicitly said in the episode, but I think that's sort of the implication that we're getting. We've seen enough. Um, just from similar societies. Also, what the they were having the children do, you know, become a sculptor, become a musician. You know, these yeah. are these are not, you know. Uh, no, it's an artisan society. Of it's course. A, um, this, it's, it seems very similar to the Plato's stepchildren in a way. In a I way, yeah. similar enough. And so uh, the, the kind of the implication I got was that they were very scientifically oriented or some people were scientifically oriented because that is a type of creativity yeah. in a way. And uh, they protected themselves by cloaking the planet and also by having this uh, shield over the planet as well. Because they did say in the episode that even with the planet uncloaked, the Enterprise could not yeah. transport – could not use its transporter to transport people back and forth from the planet because the shield was still up. But their transporter could do it. Okay, fine. So the implication I got from the episode, that, as I understood it, is that the shield is the part of this that weakened their ozone layer for some reason, and so it was the it was the attempt to protect themselves that caused their downfall, basically. Yeah. Okay, I I don't really know what the episode is trying to say about that. I don't know that it's necessarily trying to say anything. I mean, and I think you... that that's kind of an issue because there's really not a lot to hang the episode on. Yeah. Again, you if you have it's it's too again you have that scene at the end where they're looking at the computer core and that is a that's not an insignificant scene and I really got the sense that they were that scene was a capper to I really got the sense that they had almost had two episodes in mind when writing this again one which it turned out the computer was the cause of their problems you know it's such a great degree of power that you know again it's causing them to have some effects or that it or there was also a version where it's this dome the shield that's called the cloaking that's causing the uh this uh radiation poisoning and i think i think in it, a way it seems I, they weren't sure which script to use and so the final version is kind of both and that weakens it yeah i don't disagree with you i think i think in a way though the the the, the script as as filmed sort of goes in both directions yeah. because you know, in in effect, the computer is operating the shield, and so they don't really understand how yeah, their own technology fair. works. And so the computer, kind of in a way, was a solution to a problem that became the problem once nobody alive knew exactly how it worked. Right. Also, what's the how how long is this computer supposed to have? Because they said hundreds of centuries. And meanwhile, you have this young woman who shows she's looks like she's in her thirties at the point, you know, twenties or thirties, and they're saying she was the last baby. So even if you agree that this could have, you know, she's not the like there were be, babies being born before her, you know, yeah. more, more sporadically. So even give you an extra fifty years, but. This thing could not have been going on that that long, you know what I mean? Like I I don't know what the timing is on this, and that's well, thing I mean, that the episode isn't sure about. You kind of you kind of have to just go with that. I mean, I don't think it matters that much. I, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it it's I guess another sign of it's a lazy script. It's a script that doesn't really. Here here's something I've been I said about pretty much every season three episode. It needed another draft. Yeah, yeah. What what do you make of? I mean, because the thing is, though, I ha the 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 real problem I have is is not the Aldean stuff because yeah, that's not great, but it's a season one next gen episode and fine. You know, the the children are really problematic for me for for two reasons. Number one, the scenes where they're disappearing all over the ship, 
I, I think it's interesting, right? Because I think when the Aldeans come up, when they when the Aldeans tell Picard that they want to buy some children, like if this was done better, that would have been a real like it was kind of shocking. Like, and I was kind of like, okay, where's this episode going? Because I yeah. I don't I didn't really remember much about this episode. I don't really remember a whole lot about the first season in general because it's been you know ten or fifteen years since I've seen most of these episodes. But for for good reason because they're usually pretty oh, yeah. awful. But um, you know, if I'm going to revisit Star Trek, it's it's usually more often than not not going to be the first season of the next generation. Yeah, I hope to never see this one again. <laughs> but so when you know the Aldean says, "Hey, we want to buy some of your children," and Picard seems very shocked and says, "Well, that's not going to happen." Or Riker says it, or somebody says it. I'm not sure who says it. Um, that that shows you how much I really paid attention. <laughs> that you know that could have been something really interesting, and that could have been what the episode was about. And instead, they made it a kidnapping, which seemed really strange and it seemed like a poor choice because you're really in in that case you need to cast child actors that are really going to be able to carry the weight of the episode you need the char- char- child yeah. actors who are going to make you believe that they're afraid and make you believe that they really want to go home and make and, and really make you care about them because the thing about having a guest star in an episode that 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 the the outcome or the 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 sort of like their well being is sort of the point of the episode. You need to get a really good yeah. actor, and I think especially in the case last week in too short a season where I didn't care about whatever the fuck his name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, f- b- b- precisely because he he just wasn't very good at acting. I think in the same way, the child actors are the real problem with the episode because if they had gotten better actors it would have been a better episode. I, I don't disagree with you. I think it's trying to get the emotion. It's trying to derive emotional weight from the simple phrase, the aliens have stolen all our children without making and thinking that that will do enough of the work. I guess my problem with the episode is it's okay. We're obviously in a post scarcity society, so it's not like, you know, Oh, well, you know, they'll just get inner cities, you know, bus inner city kids into there. But at the same time, there are no orphans. I mean, there are no, you know, the the, the, the only kids that are available are a half dozen very loved children on the Enterprise. You know what I mean? Like, there there's no other kids. There are no other alien races who would be interested in making a deal with these. You know, like, I feel like there are a lot of other options that they could have done. Plenty of children who would have, again, even in the post-scarcity federation, who would need very loving parents or very loving guardians or foster parents or whatever these, you know, the Aldeans are going to be. I don't feel like, I feel like they could have made a less controversial choice than they could have negotiated into that. I guess in a lot of ways you can read the Aldeans as, as, as desperate, right? And so they reveal themselves because the enterprise they, they don't get visited right because the yeah. enterprise does i mean they they basically yeah what, they, what is they, the how do they find the planet in they the first they place? i forget how exactly but at the in the i think the aldeans but said that they sort of led them to the planet because it was, they yeah it was they, like they detected the enterprise in their sector or something and so they decided they wanted to get the enterprise there was now, like half a line in the cold open and then like half a line like later and i think i missed one of them so. and i think like you know and, and in, in a similar way to to home soil which we can talk about you know, I think a lot of the a lot of the problem with with uh, uh, well, Star Trek in general to a degree has this problem. But a lot of the first season episodes that we've seen, and when the bow breaks, is a perfect example. Is these 
people, if they just asked the Federation for help, the Federation yeah. would help them. And the Federation is set up as a benevolent organization. Starfleet is set up as a benevolent organization. It's basically like the Coast Guard with the Red Cross. You know, they're out there to explore and help and they respect life and they just they have no ulterior motives. They really just want to help. They're this good. But the problem is that the show doesn't seem to believe that because it keeps giving them antagonists that don't believe that the Federation is a good entity. And so yeah. it's like, so why do they do that? There's one of two reasons. Either the Federation actually isn't and we're being led some sort of snow job, which is not what this show is about, or the show just doesn't realize that that's like a, a cognitive dissonance. No, I, I, I think I'm with you there. The, the Federation seems to have some really awful PR. If, if every single race they contact with mistrusts them and that in a way that the show doesn't address, I can definitely see why a alien planet wouldn't necessarily trust the slick Federation at this point. Um, and that's fine. But the show never acknowledges that fact. It just brings us a bunch of aliens who look very, very suspicious or very greedy or very stupid. And they must have known who the Federation were yeah. because they, they obviously said that they guided, you know, they, they lured the, Federa the Federation ship there. You know, and, and I mean, we, look we, we even see, I mean, you're saying, you know, the Federation would help. We see how much Dr. Crusher in episode after episode, but particularly in this she stealths her way in a very, I mean, I like that moment when she kind of slips, you know, Wesley, the, you know, her little scanner and, you know, there. Well, they were really bad at sleight of hand. That was very bad at, yes. The uh, fact that they pulled that off is amazing, but. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I love how, yeah, the, the woman Doreen or whatever, she's just like staring like dumbly. I think she, Mean, you know, Meanwhile, Wesley like has his head, <laughs> has his hand over her head and she's not like wondering what the hell he's doing. But yeah, but yeah just her doing that on their own. The a fucking team of Federation doctors. If they ask, you know, get get your doctors figure this out. Like, they, they... well, I think I think that's a good point, right? Like, Crusher is understandably it's upset because these people stole her son, but she's still willing to help them. Yeah, right. Like, I think that is what makes us believe that the Federation is as good as it says it is. But let's go. Let, like, let's. I don't want to drop this right yet because no, I, no. I have one more point to make. Think about Mirror Mirror, and think about Mirror Mirror specifically and how it started. Kirk was down on the planet trying to get an alien culture to give them some dilithium crystals. Yes. And he said, they said, well, you could just take them. And Kirk said, we're not going to. Yeah. Think about that. Like, think about what that means. That was 70 or 80 years ago. So you're telling me that the Federation has been out there for 100 years, 150 years at this point. And we are also explicitly told that pretty much that's where humanity is. Like, Kirk's thing may have been unusual for that day and age he may have been extremely uh i don't think it's supposed to no and even if we for the sake of argument you know this is just devil's advocate if i don't think that kirk was the exception but even if he was we are told that that's where humanity is now and so in the past hundred years that attitude has become more prevalent there are there there must be a dozen stories of similar you know incidents and i'm sure planets talk to each other you know even an isolated planet like this if they are as good as intelligence gathering as they say they are. They would they would know. Yeah. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, of course, they're able to devise a solution to this problem very quickly. So I mean they 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 reseeded their ozone layer in about an hour. Yeah. You know, this this is not outside of their realm of, of technical uh, yeah. expertise. So, Dr. So, Crusher explicitly says, with the right treatment, which so why they did, will get. So why did they have this episode? Well, <laughs> like, because Ramadu, who, or whatever his name is, is an idiot, you know? 
I mean, like, and that's kind of the problem. I mean, like, you know, make this a long-lost Romulan colony. Make this a long-lost Klingon colony. Like, something like that, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, there needs to be some reason for why these people would mistrust them. And because the episode needs them to mistrust them to have the episode is not a good enough answer to me. That's I, – I completely agree with you. I think that's why this is a weak episode. Um, they're a bunch of – cartoony villains we don't see anything of what their society is other than they make art and again it's i recognize in certain situations that uh, um what you're seeing is supposed to be a uh, kind of a microcosm of the larger like we've seen plenty of i i it's it's stupid to complain oh well there's only a dozen people on the planet how can that you know because we are supposed to that they stand in for the entire fine but we're explicitly told about a half dozen kids were killed from were taken from the enterprise how are they going to fucking repopulate the planet when number one it's going to be a good 10 15 years before that can really start like wesley's of breeding age right now but the next youngest she's what about 10 8 yeah we yeah i mean the, the the little musician girl, that's going to be Wesley's wife. Yeah. Yeah. Wesley's going to fuck all of them. Uh, I hope that if he is holding the little one and he gives her a little kiss on the forehead. Disgusting. Yeah. I The episode really just doesn't think about the implications yeah, of setting mean, up at all. That Again, they, they if they had had, it's, it's another one where if they had had an actual conversation, if Shabadoo or whatever his name is wasn't such a dick they would have had a much better time of things, you know? They have this, oh, well, our doctors looked into this, and, you know, again, Crusher says, well, you know, we're happy to take a second look, you know? We may, you know, notice something, or, you know, we may have a bit of tech, you know, that you overlooked, and they don't even consider that. They don't even seem to consider that. Yeah, You would think that that would make a much more... Yes, they want to rebuild their society, but... I could see how they would much rather build their own society with their own children. I mean, let's let's face that. That's 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 obvious. You know, they're taking a and I think they do. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they take the the help at the end of the well, episode is, is where indicative they, of that. You would think that they would. It bothered me that they didn't even consider the offer of well, let's go for another scan. Yeah, yeah. That, but there would be no episode. There, are, there are so many. Yeah, I guess that's an episode where. It's an episode where every question you ask, just, well, that would be no episode if that wasn't the case. And I think it's especially galling, too, because we had a couple of strong episodes, especially where it was revealed, um, and they were sort of deepening the characters a little bit. Yeah. And that one just, this one just really threw that all out the window. I mean, it was, there was, except for that one thing about the um, the old Aldean asking Picard to help him with children because he wasn't good at children, and that was kind of funny. Like, yeah. other than that, there was really when no... When the little girl just, like, makes her, you know, yeah. makes him pick her up, and his look on his face like that was a cute moment you know those I, I will i will say that they are starting to figure out what character beats work for picard and what don't yeah. i mean they've already dropped the french shit yeah. um i don't think that really comes up again although maybe it does i don't know um and they're they're realizing that patrick stewart plays awkward around children really well and so they're playing that up and i i think that they're starting to get a sense of, of who these people are a little bit more but you know, they need to do more of that, basically, and and less of this. Um, one thing that I thought was very interesting, I've said several times, like, you know, oh, they have families on this, and, you know, I know it's a safer federation, but this is, 
In the scene where they're having the conference, Dr. Cru- you know, and the woman is saying, you know, our children, our children, Dr. Crusher explicitly says, we all knew what we were in for when we signed up for this. I actually love that line because it yeah. kind of acknowledges that, no, they are explicitly putting their families in danger. Again, this is a safer version. This is not Kirk's ship, but all the parents do know that there is this outside possibility. Yeah. That actually helped a lot for me. Yeah, I would agree with that. The other part I liked about this is I actually did like Wesley when he realized that he was a 15-year-old boy during that scene at dinner. Because there's suddenly he suddenly gets this plan of, wait a second, probably about the worst thing you can have dinner with is a surly 15-year-old boy, and he just gets this angst. And that was hilarious. Like, okay, you fuckers want to kill a, you know, kidnap a teenager? You got a teenager! I bet he was just blasting heavy metal music. And, you know, I really wanted to see a scene where he was just like wearing eyeliner and goth and, you know. Custodian, where's the nearest hot topic? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, Custodian, play the cure because I'm sad. This is three. Not, not great. This is two. Uh. This is two little musical psychic instruments. Wesley didn't feel anything. But he was scared at first. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing about this episode, and then we'll move on to home soil. The Romulans were offhandedly mentioned again. Were they? just think that's interesting. I didn't actually catch that. Yeah, they said it at some point. I'm sure, yeah. Maybe in that half a line where it explained how they found the planet, but... Yeah, they haven't really mentioned the Klingons, which I find interesting, so... No, and even though we have a Klingon major character who we see week after week, and there's... we've. He likes an ugly animal, and he likes really strong hissy women. The show, the show does world building a little better, I think. And so Very slowly, yeah. yeah. Um. All right, well, let's move on to our next episode, Home Soil. So I know you said that you didn't care for this one. Yeah, I liked it a lot better when it was called Devil in the Dark, and it didn't have a tacit uh, condoning of waterboarding. Well, I do want to talk about Devil in the Dark because it's <laughs> a problem that it wasn't even mentioned, but... I, I, will, I will go out on a limb and say that I think that this is probably one of the better episodes of the first season. Interesting. And yeah. I'll say that for two reasons. Yeah. Number one, it's a science fiction story that never pretends to uh, be stupider than it is. And number two, everybody pretty much everybody pretty much acts in a normal, logical fashion. And people that are hiding things are hiding them for reasons that make sense. Okay. And what I mean by that is part of the problem with When the Bell Breaks, perfect example, people acting like dicks, people withholding information just because the plot demands it. In this episode, there are actual reasons for why the head, you know, a a terraformer would not be telling the Enterprise crew about these life forms because he didn't want the terraforming to be taken away. It makes sense to me. It makes sense to me that Troy... Has a lot of. I mean, Troy is actually useful in this episode, yeah, to a large degree. Yeah, she, that was a the thing. They um, previous episode they beam Troy down, but she does nothing. I mean, it, they beam Troy and Crusher down, and Crusher's doing all of the stuff. Troy has no right. Thing. She actually does get to communicate or realize no, he's really hiding something, or you know, he's you know those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think for that reason too, I liked it because it it, it at least provided some some some. Uh, character development and sort of, sort of use of characters that you know Troy has perhaps not been used that great uh, in the first season so far, and I like this episode because she kind of proved her her worth and kind of why she's there. Yeah, I really, 
again, I love the concept of Troy, but I'm sad, and from what you've said, that she never really goes any further than that. She is a very interesting concept for a character, and they've ne- I they haven't really used her. This is a better use for her, but I mean, since the pi- the pilot was really Farpoint was probably her finest hour so far. Yeah, and that's sad that they in half a season haven't gotten her anywhere. Yeah, well, I mean, I would I I would argue that this is probably her her next finest moment, and that's fair. You um, know, she does she proves her worth. I think you know she 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 drives a lot of the information forward in this episode, and she you know if Troy hadn't been there, they wouldn't have beamed down to the planet. I don't think, and so I think that that in and of itself is a reason for why hmm. she value she she proved her value in this episode, and that's fair. Um. I mean, part of my issue with it was the the lady on the science team. I could not stand her acting, and she gives a fairly... Uh, the concept of terraforming I find fascinating, and her lecture on terraforming, she's like reading off of a teleprompter, and it's just... It, it, that scene I was just glazing over, because I'm like, uh, no, I, 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 I don't know. Um, there were a lot, too many moments like that where just stuff was happening that they didn't really... I don't know, but I liked the premise of this episode. I mean, I won't say that the episode is oh, it's not a, yeah a classic. It's not a, a great episode by any means, but it's it's definitely not terrible. And I think, you know, yeah, there are a lot of the acting in the episode, especially from the guest stars, is kind of stilted and kind of uh, you know they don't really have a lot of energy behind them. Um, but in terms, yeah, why of, weren't they able to get good extras at all on the show? The main cast budget is, probably like the I main mean, cast is strong. I mean, uh, e- even this early, the main cast is very strong cast. Well, most of them are. That's well, yeah. You know, Picard's great. I think Rock Rikers. I think Will Wheaton's not super great. Well, I think Denise Crosby's not great. Um, you know, uh, Worf. Uh, 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 what's his name? Yeah. Uh, you know, he hasn't really given himself a, they haven't really given Worf a lot to do yet so i think that that's probably you know we're not seeing a lot of great performances out of Worf of either of course but but the the show has so far focused more though on Picard on Crusher on Riker and they are you know much finer actors than i don't know it's focused a lot on wesley and uh, i don't think Will Wheaton's a great actor so no he's not and we i try not to talk about wesley if we don't have to this was a wesley free episode wasn't it beautiful Oh, yeah, he wasn't in this. I feel like he had, like, a line or two at the end. Yeah. Like, but it wasn't a Wesley episode. Um, the episode doesn't seem to know when they can beam people in and out. Like, Data's in there. Oh, well, we beamed someone out of there five minutes ago. We're not going to do that now. Like, there are a lot of moments like that. They didn't beam somebody out of there. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, they did. They opened the door. The guy who was attacked by the laser, Yar gets over to him and says, oh, we... You know, beam him out of there, and they beam out from there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Five yeah. minutes later, Data's in there, and Data has the communicator on him. He could just say, get me out of here now, and they don't seem to realize that, and he doesn't. I, I just kind of read that as, you know, they wanted a, a, a way to show that Data's awesome. Well, that was pretty much it, and Data is awesome, so I think, you know, mission accomplished for he me. He just, you know, unzipped his jumpsuit and, you know, showed the Data penis, and then the robot exploded. Yeah. We're talking a lot more about sex with the next generation than we ever did with the More like series. the sex generation. Ah, <laughs> we're dancing around it. Let's just get to it. Yeah. But, Devil in the dark. Yeah. 
this it's the same I don't know almost who, exact plot. I don't know who wrote this episode, but apparently they don't realize that the original series did uh uh Devil in the Dark is probably it not probably. It's my probably my it is my favorite episode of the original series and it is one of the top ten. I was gonna say maybe it, one of the top five. It's a fantastic hour of television. This is not. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, Devil in the Dark gets, is one of those episodes I knew before I started in on this. And yeah, it, it, it makes a franchise-wide top 10, I would say. Yeah. And and so my problem with this episode is that they, they don't seem to realize that that episode exists. They don't seem to realize that Star Trek has done this before. Um, the whole question of whether or not this is, an, is a life form, they keep mentioning it's inorganic. And I'm like, well... They don't know what that means, do they? No, they don't. Because if it's alive, it's organic by definition. No, organic just means it has carbon in it. Well, this, no, that's not. It's not, uh, that's not necessarily what inorganic or organic. Well, here, yeah, I say here we have. You know, we're not scientists either. We're also not read, writing a. As I understand it, organic is is this is alive, and if something, and of course, yes, you can define organic as bio, having carbon because that is what we understand. That also life might to be, be the chemical definition, like chemistry and biology might have slightly different probably definitions of the term. But I mean, just as it does in food. Yeah, know? chemistry is not really relevant here biology is and so if you're talking about something that's inorganic but it's alive by definition it's not inorganic right and so and i was kind of like all right well i'm hedging my bets maybe it doesn't actually have silicon maybe they're not actually talking about a silicon life form and they sort of never really said that they were talking about a silicon life form but they did mention that it was comprised of a silicon at one point and that's when i went yeah okay this is Devil in the Dark. Why are they not talking about the Horda? Like, Kirk filed a report. <laughs> the Federation Starfleet has known that silicon life forms exist for like 80 years. It's not the. This should not. This episode should not even be happening. The Federation t- scientists that beam down to this planet should have been. That, that should have been on their checklist. Let me- like, are there bacteria? No. Are there viruses? No. Are there silicon life forms? Yes. Okay, we have to go. You know, something like... Are there any hordas running around? No. Okay, cool. We can terraform this planet. But if there are, then we have to leave. And here's the other thing. We remember in The Naked Now, Riker has read all of the logs of Kirk's Enterprise. Yes. You wouldn't... You know, he remembered that somebody took a shower with their clothes on, and from that, he figured the entire thing out, like... Which I'm not even sure actually happened you in know, the naked I, time. I, I know. I'm really trying not to delve into that particular point too much. But the point is, like, you would think something as – if something as tiny as that sticks in his brain, you would think even months later, something such as we met this gigantic creature who was made of silicon and we made friends with it, you know? I mean, isn't – I would think that. I mean, maybe the fucking Horda planet like is in the Federation. By I was going to say, the, I mean, like, where did it? Didn't they say at the end like they're having? They're, it's going to be a Horda mind planet. Like, you why would, didn't they just go down to engineering and ask Ensign Horda about that? This? Would yeah, that would be in a news of the weird thing at the very least. Like, you know, there would be a little. You know, have you ever? Most people mine with machines, but I have mean, you ever mined with an animal? Like, I I can I can kind of understand like why a normal crew member on the Enterprise would not necessarily make the connection because, you know, they're Riker's not a biologist. Picard's not a biologist. Like, they find different viruses and they find different bacteria all the time. We don't know about them. We might read an article and forget about it five, month, five minutes later. But on the one hand, I can say that. But on the other hand, it's like they discovered Silicon Life, which completely changed 
like the Federation's understanding of uh, what life is, you think that they would, you think that I that would have been mentioned. Yeah. That would have been mentioned in the biology class at Starfleet Academy. Let's say that the Horda is even a fairly obscure topic. Let's say silicone life forms have only existed on the Horda planet. And the only silicon form they have found to date is the Horta. Okay, well, Dr. Crusher has just found an odd thing, and she is, at this point, dealing with figuring out what is this that I'm dealing with. So she's got to go to the computer. She's going to look up things and see if there has been anything even remotely like this, and we are going to assume that. Why wouldn't she find that five minutes in? You know, that, that it, it's another one where it makes it seem like they're just... Between Doctor Crusher and Data, they can't find about the and and it makes, you know, and it ma- Riker, they can't find the Horda. It makes them all seem stupid. Yeah. It makes them all seem stupid and incompetent, which which is not what you want your main characters of your space opera to be. Like it just it, it doesn't. No, not on the coolest, sexiest ship in the Federation. No. Right, and I, you know I I know that we're making a lot of fun here, but I mean it is a serious problem, and I think what you're seeing is the fact that the show wanted to forge its own identity from the original series, which I completely understand. But at the same time, you have to recognize, and the people that were making the show have to recognize, that they are making a sequel to a television show set in the same universe in the future. And so... And we've had several references in the series to earlier. Like, right. Again, Dr. McCoy appeared in Encounter at Farpoint. We had the Naked Now. Yeah, so they are... The Romulans. Le- there are at least There's some... a Klingon on the bridge. Yeah. Like, there are references. And so I think, you know, yes, I can understand why they didn't want to have a 20-minute conversation about the events of Devil in the Dark. I get that. But there's They could no- say, well, we found silicon life forms before. The Horda, the... The, you know the the whatever you know the 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 gulu of the, yeah the gulu, gulu six, of like, yeah you know, gulu like, six you know I, I i would watch the gulu of gulu six yeah it could it could have just been an offhanded reference yeah and i think you know and, and 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 the other thing too is like why does it have to be silicon at that point that's like, it make it a completely different this is a i mean we've and also we've seen fucking energy beings we've seen crystalline forms we've seen space jellyfish like why do the you know we in his way, isn't Data part silicon life form as well? If I mean he's part computer, I guess. Yeah. So, like, why? I I, I, I guess he doesn't have to have silicon in him. No, I mean we're assuming you know current standards, but the the point is we have maybe Data's penis is made of silicon. <sighs> it is flexible. Yeah, we or is that silicone? Well, anyway, the yeah, I I don't. They seem remarkably naive almost, yeah. In light of the shit that they that even this crew has seen, it's surprising that this is throwing them for a loop. And it's it's a problem because, you know, these are not stupid people and the characters are not supposed to be stupid. And I don't think they but they come across as stupid. And they come across as stupid because the writing is sort of incompetent yeah. and it doesn't take into consideration things that have happened in the past. Well you know what's interesting and, it, and, and what's what's worse about it is it 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 it's assuming that we're not going to notice. Well here's the thing. You one of the so things So it insults that we the audience's attention you know intelligence as well. What we were saying a lot of times during the first season, like I would say, oh well why didn't they do this? Or they did this in a previous episode and you kept saying well this was you know remember this is the late 60s this wasn't done you know no one thought about tv like that and to a degree you know that's a hedge to a degree i can accept this but the fact that this seems to be much more of a problem now i guess is it's much more jarring in here than it is in the original series and i guess that's a sign that maybe 
I, this is at the time when we were ready for TV to kind of level up. And not, yeah, like, you know, if you look at what television was doing in the mid to late 80s, yeah. you know, certainly it wasn't serialized television. It wasn't to the, to the degree that we have now, but there were there was continuity between yeah. episodes and there, you know, like they did mention things that happened in previous episodes Certainly television in the 60s was every episode was extremely standalone and maybe they would mention something that happened in a previous episode. Yeah. Maybe they wouldn't, but it just wasn't seen as a problem because you would not have seen every episode. It just would not have yeah. happened. And so, but I think what, what you're seeing here is is television, which is sort of starting to realize that, that they want to do that yeah. kind of thing. And so it is more of a problem with this This is show. why we had, I mean, the 90s was really then you started having like Twin Peaks and the X-Files and shows that did much more of a... Yeah, I mean, we're what, we're what, three years away from Twin Peaks? Yeah, so I, it's really interesting. This is kind of the, this is why we needed to do, this is not working exactly like this anymore. You know, right, we can't right. just hope that the, you know, the audience won't question it or we can leave wide gaps in the plot and, you know, it's just TV. And I, I guess, I guess the real problem here is that the reason why that's happening is because a lot of the people that are working on the show in the first season were, 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 you know, 30 year television veterans and just were not able to make the kind of modern television that people were making in the eighties. I mean, this was the age of Hill street blues, for example, there is a degree to which elsewhere, you know, I mean, these were shows that while they certainly, again, were not serialized to the degree that we know now, you know, breaking bad or something like that. I mean, that's always my go-to example, but, um, they they definitely did have more continuity than shows in the 60s. There was a degree to which um, the original series is almost a commedia dell'arte kind of troupe. You know, it's not completely that way, but we don't necessarily need to, you know, one, you know, Kirk is always going to be Kirk and, you know, here's, here's him in a situation. He doesn't need to, ne- or it's, you know, it's almost like a cartoon series or something, you know, Bugs Bunny is not the same character from, you know, show right. to show, but... You know, he's always still has the same personality. Well, here, I mean, you know, like, here I think they're trying to do some of that. You know, you yeah. have, but they're also realizing that that kind of can't work anymore. Right, right. You, know, you need to have some char- consistent characterization, and you need to have them remember yeah. what happened last week. Yeah, I mean, you think about uh, contemporary is you know the Golden Girls, which has you know the name, the number of children that they have changes from episode to episode. You know, and. You know, for that kind of show, it doesn't matter. You know, it's this is a show where you're realizing it does kind of matter. We do need to have a consistent Bible, and we do need to read the other. You know, when we get a new writer on the on board, they need to read all the previous scripts, and they need to, you know, they need to watch the episodes. Yeah, yeah, they need to be as versed in it as the veterans. Yeah. Leaving that aside, yeah, the episode does redeem itself, I think, because you know, yes, they don't mention the horde and they don't do all of those things, but it's a, it's a it's a pretty good example of Star Trek doing the kind of you know uh, a tolerance plot that Star Trek does. Ooh, okay, I I I would be interested to see where you got that from, because he tortures them. Well, he, he no, no like here's here's here, the well, thing we've no, seen. I, I will disagree with you. Okay, he they need light in order to survive. He deprives them of light until. They say you're right. We you're much stronger than us. We have no more. We we we're not going to fight anymore. What is the difference between that and waterboarding? I'm going to be very honest. I want the answer to this question. The creature declared war on them and had control of the ship. 
Yeah, so I mean if you're if you're talking about torture, you're talking about a power imbalance there. And there's no power imbalance here. The 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 silicon entity had control of the enterprise and was very deliberately like trying it could destroy the ship. And so that it's the thing said that it declared war on them. I mean you know, there, there's not a power imbalance here. The thing could kill them. And so Picard's like, you know what? Yeah, like, I have to fight back. And the only way that he could fight back was to turn the lights down. I mean, I don't see that as a problem. Now, certainly if the entity was on the planet and Picard was just cackling and said, I'm going to turn the lights off. Ha, ha, ha. You suck. Like, yeah, that would be a problem. But here, I don't think Maybe it's... Maybe because of the thing's size and the goofy voice, I didn't take it that seriously as a threat. But... I don't know. It seemed like he jumped to that a little more quickly for my taste, and that really did leave a bad. Well, I will defend. I will defend. I will defend the episode because I think you know the the episode has a certain amount of time, and they do have to resolve the the conflict within that certain amount of time. Um, And they do let the thing you know sit on the ship for a while. I mean, it's not like they go in two minutes. The thing is like, oh well, okay, we have to leave now. I mean. They, they leave it alone. They try and communicate with it. They put a quarantine field around it so it, it, it can't spread further. They're not injuring it in any way. And in fact, they are really explicitly trying to talk to this thing yeah. and say, hey, we, we're mistaken. We're wrong. Like, we're in the wrong here. We didn't know that you were alive. We didn't know that you were, you know, an, an intelligent entity. We want to beam you back to the planet. And you're forgetting also that... Before Picard makes the decision to turn the lights yeah, down, yeah, he tries to beam it down. Isn't they it? try. He tried to beam it down and, and and you know send it back to its environment. So I don't think this is torture. I think that this is Picard fighting back. Hmm. It's an interesting ethical question. I don't. I think perhaps, and maybe there is a devil in the dark thing. The way they finally got the Horta to you know, understand is one of the most striking and beautiful and strange and... They shot the Horta. Yeah, I know. It was... And they had that music playing and, you know... I mean, if you're... You know, they they, they had, you know, Spock had his gun and Kirk was like, well, Spock, you're a mad now. If we're gonna... If we're gonna compare... The Devil in the Dark and Home Soil. And of course, this is, you know, a power know. imbalance here because The Devil in the Dark is a much better episode well, than I Home really Soil. I really wish we could turn the lights off on Home Soil until it gives up to not, and not be an episode. I know. It's really- like they shot, they they did shoot the Horda and they yeah. did try and injure this creature. So, you know, the, the Devil in the Dark is a fine episode and it's about tolerance and it's about understanding and it's about, you know, recognizing life in all its forms. And it's a great episode of Star Trek and it's Star Trek at its best. Home Soil. They do the same thing, and you're calling it torture. No, they shot the Horda, and that's when they realized, oh, there's something more going on here. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, like, before they shot the Horda, they thought they were dealing with, you know, one of those... A lion. Oh, yeah, they thought they were dealing with a rabid dog, and they figured, okay... And then when they saw its reaction to being shot, that's when they decided, oh, maybe actually it is intelligent. We need to communicate but isn't there? But isn't there something here, though, where, you know, this this entity... I mean, this is a silicon entity, but it is different because it's it's not what we would consider sort of a multicellular organism like the Horda. It's not a distinct entity. No, it's a networked entity. It is a networked a entity. It's a little different. Yeah, it's a hive mind, basically. And so to me, it really speaks to the fact that, you know, they didn't quite understand the level to which it was intelligent and i don't think that they really understood that it was intelligent until they until it started to talk to them and they started to talk to it and it was um accessing the the translation files and so 
to me, it's 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 a little different just because they did try and talk to the thing, and you know they realized that it wasn't uh, uh, a stupid animal until they tried to injure it. But at the same time, the Horda didn't declare war on them, and they thought the Horda was just an animal. Once they realized the Horda was not just an animal, they completely stopped and tried to communicate with it. In this respect, they realized that this was an intelligent life form, tried to communicate with it, and it bit them like you know what i mean like it would be it would be uh, i think it would be a similar thing to they shoot the horda the they you know the horda runs away and, and sort of you know says something and then the horda like attacks them again you know and it's like that's the difference there i i got the sense that they didn't cons- i don't think that they i don't i don't yeah. think that spock or kirk would have been unjustified in killing the horda if they shot the horda the horda was like ah please don't shoot me i'm going to eat you now and then it ate them and then they shoot it like yeah it's intelligent but you know you know, if a guy runs at you with a, a gun on the street, I don't think you're unjustified in, you know, shooting him. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like that kind of thing where even intelligence to a degree is not a maybe I'm talking myself into a hole. But I don't think that there's, a, you know, I don't think intelligence is the only uh, uh, reason why you should or should not injure something. Yeah, we're not talking about injury. We are talking about torture. It's not torture. It's torture. It's it's deprived. It's essentially su- they're essentially was bombing suffocated. Dresden torture. Yes, like, you know. And I don't I, condone the bombing of Dresden. I think that was one of the most reprehensible things in history. That's that how happened. you win wars. That's all I'm saying. Interesting. It's really interesting why we are having such different reactions because of that scene. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Huh. At the end of the day, everything is happy and fine at the end. Is it? And the bags of water get to go by in 300 years and why that number? And why wouldn't the episode title be Ugly Bags of Mostly Water? That was a golden opportunity. Because they don't title their episodes like podcasts. I don't either. (laughs) They didn't have podcasts back then. I'll give this one five ugly bags of mostly water. I'm going to give this two Christmas lights. Okay. All right. Well, we could argue about whether or not they were torturing this thing for another 20 minutes, but I don't think anybody wants to hear that. So No, we just want to see data action scenes. Let's just let's just announce the episodes for next week and then we can move on with our lives. <laughs> so next week, we're going to cover Coming of Age <laughs> and Heart of Glory. I just want to say I saw the Netflix preview for the next one. It's a Wesley episode, isn't it? I will neither confirm nor deny that. It has a picture of Wesley and says, in this Wesley-centered episode, Wesley does a lot of things. So, Wesley does a lot of things. I don't like Wesley. Well, next week we'll see Wesley does a lot of things. We'll talk to you then.